What's up, y'all? Welcome to Beat Sports and Life. Once again, it's Manny. It's your man, Stan. We up in here today. It's been a frenzy with the free agencies, uh, NBA free agency. Kind of yes, after, after that last show, it kind of that's when everything kind of went down. Uh, I'm happy. I don't know about anybody else, but uh, I'm good. I'm probably the most excited I've been about basketball in a long time, man. So, which is which is a little weird to hear because you're the constant old man get off of my law. That's really you when it comes to the teams that you like. So. My question to you with your happy ass, uh, you're so happy with what the Bulls did. Absolutely. What's the – okay, so I like the Lonzo. I mm-hmm. love them bringing Lonzo in. Mm-hmm. That, that, that was a good move. Him with – him with uh, uh, v- v- I can't pronounce Vucevic. Vucevic. Vucevic, there, there you go. Him with Vucevic and Levine works. Mm-hmm. I don't understand the DeMar Rosen thing. Try, yeah. to, try to bring me over to – to your side of what they were thinking about there other than we have some money let's just spend it on a big name to look like we're doing something because i just don't think he fits i like demar as a player mm-hmm. i think he's a really good player but his skill set right now really doesn't fit the new nba he doesn't shoot the three shoots a lot of long twos um and where does he get his shots if Lon- the ball's going to be in lonzo's hand uh orchestrating stuff levine's going to get his shots Vucevic is obviously going to get his shots. Where does DeMar fit in all this? So here's my thoughts on DeRozan, because I'm going to be honest with you. Um, in the general schemes of the NBA, I've never been a huge DeRozan fan. Like, I never right. thought he was a number one anywhere. Right. Uh, I always thought he was a good player, uh, but I thought the way they used to build him in his prime, it was always as if he was a number one. And, yes, he can score and all that, but it was like – I just never thought he would ever lead a team to a championship. We did it, which he did, which he hasn't. Um, right. But I think on this team, and I obviously we'll see with season coming up what they actually do with him. I think it's two things. I would think one, um, at this stage in his career, he's more of a uh, just a jump shooter in general, right? Um, he could drive too, but I think for the most part, he's he's a jump shooter. I think when you're spreading the ball around in this current NBA, he's perfect for that. Like, there's going to be plenty of open shots for him, depending on what everybody else does. It's up to ball. At the end of the day, it's up to ball to make everybody happy uh, getting the ball, literally getting the ball to wherever it needs to go. Um, And if that doesn't work, let's just say for whatever reason, he doesn't work in the starting lineup. He could easily be my Lou Williams. He can lead that second team. Him and Kobe, him and Kobe off the bench. I'm good with that. So I think it's one of those things where it's like, did they overpay him? Absolutely. But when you're, a, but when you're in a top three market, and you haven't been able to get anybody since Jordan because of the stigma that's been there, and which is absolutely ridiculous, um, as far as like you being a top three market and not getting guys to come there, you overpay. Look, they overpay for Caruso. Like Caruso, yeah, yeah, definitely. But and I didn't again, even bring Caruso. I didn't even bring Caruso up. Like he's another guard oh, yeah. throwing in there, and they still have Kobe White. So I'm like, so either they're about to trade someone before the season starts, or somebody's going to be 
upset. And I don't think they paid DeMar DeRozan. I think he got three years, $85 million. Mm-hmm. I'm not great at math, but I think that's somewhere around, what, $28 million, $27, 28000000 It is what it is. To be a six-man. Like, but here's the thing. It's three years. It makes sense to us. I understand that, but it makes sense to us. But is DeMar okay with that? To, like, he okay. signed. He don't got a choice in the matter once he signed. Well, well, no, I'm sure they had to have a conversation. Oh, for sure. I'm sure there was a conversation that was had, like, okay, hey, what's my role gonna be? And I just don't I just don't think the pieces with all of those guys fit. They're all super talented. Now, if you're looking to package someone to bring in something else, mm-hmm. then maybe that'll start to make a little more sense because they just have so many guards. Like it's so many guards because you're starting to do they the though ball, ball Levine. Kobe White, DeMar DeRozan, Alex Caruso. You're not playing all five. All five of those guys aren't playing. But here's the playing three of those guys. We're talking about a league where nowadays there is no position. Levine, Levine is a three just as easy as he's a two. So is DeRozan. Like he easily can be moved to the three and play that role. Like, so, you know, and then you got you got old boy down low. Like he's gonna pound it down low when you need him to. Now so the, the X factor here as a player that hasn't been named, and I think it, he is on the trade block and maybe he'll get pieced with somebody else. Not right now. I don't think he's going to get traded right now. I think they looked at it too as like, let's see where we're at right before All-Star break, right? Let's see where marketing is. And if marketing can stay healthy for that half season, he's a piece that somebody's going to want on their run. Because, I mean, I don't look at the Bulls as being like, oh, we're, cha- we're championship or bust this year. No, it's a it's yeah, a, no, no. a going stage. So you're going to get something for him. And you can package him with somebody. Kobe yeah, White. I think, I think they'll do that before the season starts. I don't, because Mark is a, is a restricted free agent right now. So that means people can offer him and Chicago will get the right to match. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't think he stays. I don't think marketing stays. I think before the season starts, they're going to package. Oh, one I wouldn't be surprised. I think he'll be. I think a, a great place for him is Sacramento. To be honest, I think that's him for Bagley. Here we him go. for Bagley. Sacramento shit. You and the Sacramento love, dude. You didn't fucking move here and just start to fuck, just drink hey. the farm the pork juice, huh? Look, look at the two teams involved. They both have malcontented players right now. Marketing doesn't want to be in Chicago. Bagley sure as heck don't want to be in Sacramento. Just trade them for each other. Call it a day. I don't think that's a bad trade. I I, I don't think that. I'll take Bagley's potential. Like, I'm not a Bagley fan, yeah. but I've seen what he can do when he's healthy and motivated. Yeah. And he's definitely got talent. The talent is there. Oh, it's yeah. just, no, no doubt. No he, doubt. His dad talks. His dad's another Lonzo Ball. And, yeah. Or what's his, what's his dad's name? Is it Lonzo? No, I mean. Um, no, no. Uh, I, I don't know what his dad's name is. I forgot what his dad's ridiculous yeah. self is. It's Bagley, though. We'll, we'll just go with Bagley. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like I like Chicago's early moves. I didn't understand the DeRozan move. Like I said, I just don't know how he fits with them. But they're definitely better. They're definitely okay. better than they were. Uh, they're a top five season. seed. Ooh, that's tough. Yep. They're that's a top tough. five seed. Ooh, I don't, hold on. Who's in the East? Milwaukee. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, so we got Milwaukee. You're going to have Brooklyn. You're going to have Philly. Mm-hmm. You're going to have Boston. Mm-hmm. They're better than Boston. 
At what? Pizza? They're better at Boston. <laughs> at what? Not in basketball. They're not better than Boston. They're better than Boston. Okay, so we're going to have to come up with a bet that Boston's going to have a better record than Chicago. <laughs> this, is a down, this is a down year coming for Boston. I don't know what people think they're going to be doing, but they're tied up with money, so they're not doing anything. I think they're going to be fine. And I think an under-the-radar move for them, which is which is crazy because it's one of the dumbest free agency decisions in the history of probably all sports was uh, the Dennis Schroeder thing, him passing up the $84 million with the Lakers, you know, reportedly, and now only getting 5.9 with the Celtics. Well, that's his agent, though. That, he, needs yeah. a, he should have fired that dude. Yeah, but – as much as we can blame his agent, at the end of the day, the agent works for you. At the end of the day. so To an extent. We, but your agent can, tells you what the market is. You don't know what the market is. That's your agent's oh, you, job. Shit, we know what the market is. <laughs> we don't fucking play. I'm not telling you he did make a mistake. But I'm saying, like, I know a lot of people had, like, memes, like, making fun of doing. I get it. That's cool and everything. But at the end of the day, if your agent tells you, dude, I can get you more, then I understand, like, you betting on yourself. I'm never going to knock somebody for betting on themselves. Like that's, I, I, I agree, you know what I'm saying? But if you're a terrible uh, gambler, you shouldn't bet on yourself. Um, so for, for Dennis, he made a mistake. But for I, sure. this, helps, this helps Boston, though, because he's a good player. Like oh, yeah. he's, he thinks he's better than probably what he is, mm -hmm. but he's a good player and he's going to really help them. I think he's an upgrade over Kimball Walker. Like I honestly do. Just on the defensive side of the ball. Like, and he's available. Kimball was always hurt in Boston. Dennis is available. He's going to play hard. Now, sometimes he takes ill-advised shots. Like we said, he thinks sometimes. he's a little better than what he is. But he's going to help them a lot defensively. I think Boston is – I think Boston can get the three seed there. But let, let's keep going through these names. So, we okay. got Milwaukee, Brooklyn, Philly, Boston. Who else? I like. I want to go to see who else made. You don't tell me Atlanta. The, the playoffs. Oh yeah, Atlanta. They're better <laughs> than Atlanta. The Atlanta team that just went to the. Um, mm -hmm. Did Atlanta just go to the Eastern Conference? Mm -hmm. That doesn't and really mean anything. This is I a new year. You don't get credit for last year. Okay. This, they signed Demar Derozan and signed Lonzo Ball, and now the Bulls. They're better than them. Who do they got besides <laughs> Trey, man? At what? John, Con they have a team. They have a they have built a really good team around Trey Young. Like Atlanta, definitely. Thank you for bringing them up because I forgot about them. Like, see what I mean? You forgot about them, so that tells you everything. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Just means that I'm old and I forgot. That's, <laughs> That's beside the point. <laughs> That's all that means. Hold on, here we go. Teams in the East. Let's see what we got here. Wait for okay, it. Okay, so wait for it. okay, they're better than Toronto. They're better. Uh, them and the Knicks toss up, but I'll give it to you. That's not even a toss up. That's ridiculous. That's a toss up, dude. It's not a toss up. Um, let me see who else we got here. Oh, Miami's better than them. No way. <laughs> what? It's your G G. Dude, what is in that glass? Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry is one step away from being in a wheelchair in an old folks home. I'm not even dude, trying to hear Kyle that. Lowry. And he is so Thank overrated. He's been overrated for the longest time. He got so much credit for that Toronto. And I was like, dude, if it wasn't for Kawhi, you would have just been enough. How many years did you see 
Lowry cough it up in the playoffs until Kawhi got there. Every he year up. he was he a no show, no show, no show, no show, no show. But he did. But he played well, really. Yeah, well. he did for that and one that, series. And I'm just saying, he he's not a one. I agree with that. He might not be a two. He's but not. You don't need him. To, you you don't need Cal Lowry to be that. Excuse me. In Miami, you don't. You just need him to come bring the tough defense, the playmaking. He can't do know. all that anymore. Why? Why he can't? He's, we'll he's see. Well We're gonna see. Here. We're gonna see. Okay, so one, two, three, this four, fat five. Self well, stroke, trying to eat fucking Cuban steak sandwiches. Get out of here with that, man. We got the Knicks. So I got Chicago um, in the playing game. Two, three, four, five. It's because you're a hater. <laughs> no, I think they make the playoffs. If you can sit there and tell me that the Knicks roster anywhere compares to their roster, you're out of your damn mind. Okay, so you're you're screaming roster. So let's go through. Let's see. You got Lonzo, who's a good pickup, but let's not. Dude, they're nine deep. Nine deep. <laughs> this is your fandom talking, dude. Your fandom I'm telling you, look, go down the <laughs> roster. Patrick Lonzo. Williams is a beast. Where are they playing these guys? You can only play five guys, dude. You that's why that's why five. you have a bench. People come off the bench oh, in games. They don't starting. You know that, so right? Like Lonzo, you tag them in, they come in. Levine is at the two. So who's mm-hmm. playing the three? Patrick Williams starting at the three? Wherever you want. Starting at the three? Probably DeMar yeah, for right now. DeMar for okay, right so now. DeMar will start. And then you got Vucevic. Mm-hmm. And who else? So who's the fifth? Who's the fifth, fifth starter for you guys? Pick somebody. I don't know. Whoever you want it to be. You want me to bring up the Bills roster? I'll bring up the I Bills got it right roster. here. So okay. you got um, so marketing, but we don't even know. So let's say marketing stays. So we'll put marketing as a starter. Okay. Okay. Let's say he stays. And now off the bench, you got Patrick Williams, which is a good player. He's a good player. I like Patrick Kobe White. Williams. You got Caruso. You got Kobe White. Um, let's see who else we got here. Troy Brown, Tony Bradley. So that's it. So that's so they're so they're eight deep. So that's all that, you need. That, think, that seems like that would be their rotation. Okay, so that's a nice rotation. Name wise, it it's not bad. I agree. Who plays defense out of these guys? Lonzo. All, <laughs> all of them. Under Billy Donovan, all of them. Lonzo and Caruso are the only two who are going to guard somebody. That's not true. Zach guards. Zach guards, dude. If you watch him last year, he was guarding. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. He's not the same player he was three years ago. Oh, this is easy money. What, what's the bet? So Whatever you want the bet to be. They're a top five seed. Five seed. Okay, you think they're going to get a top five seed? Yes. Okay. I don't. My bet is they're, they're not going to get a top okay. five seed. So we'll bet. A bottle of whatever you want. Okay. A bottle. Of I'm not buying a four hundred dollar bottle. Of nothing, dude. Let's just tell you that. Right I'm, now. Man, it's probably going to be screwball or something. It's probably going to. That's be fine. That's fine. It's probably going to be this. That's so, fine. Okay, so we'll. Uh, so, so that's our bet. I'm gonna make sure we get that down. Yeah, because I got them right now. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I got them in the Knicks. Um, fighting so for that. In, in that playing game. Okay. I think they can get six, though. I, I think they can jump up and get six. But I got Milwaukee, Brooklyn, Philly, um, Atlanta, Miami, for sure. 
as the top five. Okay. I got those as top five. Okay. So, okay, so let's let's get away from your emotion and go back to just the regular free agent. You know? Um, what other free agent deal did you think was uh, under the radar? What do you think was under the radar free agency wise? Like a, a, a signing that you're like, oh shit, that was good. No, there's I don't think it was as crazy of a year that in general, man. I think obviously we already talked about Westbrook. That was crazy. Uh, I think it was crazy that they got um, Monk and uh, Nunn. Like, I, that threw me way off. Because, one, Nunn I could kind of see he's a – but I, I thought Nunn could basically go wherever. I was hoping he'd want to go home and play for Chicago, but uh, especially for a minimum salary, basically. Uh, but Monk was a head-scratcher for me because I feel like he could start – I don't know, at least 15 teams, like, if he wanted to. Are you talking about you, – I think you're thinking Malik Monk when he was at Kentucky. <laughs> I think he's you got – really, I like him. I, I like him a lot. I'm, I'm, I like him I a lot. I think he has – I think he has some talent. Don't get me wrong. Maybe not I start. Like, but I think he could definitely have more of a role somewhere else at his young age than it, where at the Lakers. He's basically just – I mean, he's going to have to find – minutes basically compared to like he's gonna get caruso minutes like I don't, they got a lot of guards out there yeah in la so some of those guys aren't gonna get off that bench like you got kendrick Nunn, you still got taylor horton tucker who i think has star potential i think that kid mm-hmm. is gonna be really good um you need um, so none tucker um malik monk who else did they sign? They signed like everybody. They signed, then it was all old people after that. I mean, it was yeah, just all it was like all old people. Then mellow. You got all of these guys. So it's only going to be so many minutes to get around Russ, well, AD, and LeBron if they're healthy. And that's the thing. It's like if you slump it all, your spot gonna get taken really quick by somebody oh, yeah. if they're high. And that's what I'm saying. Like to me, like I just like I like I get like Carmelo, like all those. Like I get because. All right, you want to play with LeBron? And I get—I don't even fault that at all, man. Like, I don't—I don't get into that whole the way other people hate on LeBron. On they're like, dude, why wouldn't you go play? Like, if you're Carmelo and you still have a little something left, and that's your boy, go for it. Same thing with whoever. I forgot who did they sign? Who's no PJ? Where did PJ Tucker go? PJ Tucker went to Miami. Okay, so like I get like um, which that's—I'm not sure about that. Yeah, I—I I feel like he looked like he lost a little bit towards that end, but. Um, but in general, but like, yeah, like I understand the older, but the monk and like none signing to me was like, all right, maybe you're hoping that a championship boosts your stock and now you'll be able to sign another big contract somewhere else. Because they both have plenty of uh, career left in them where they're not going anywhere for at least ten, another 10 years, probably, unless they get a major, majorly hurt. So uh, you really have a lot of belief in the league monk and Kendrick. Now. I do. I, I see a lot, a lot in of belief in those guys. Um, none I is – I love none. None is – I don't understand I how we been. talented, but I just, I just think they were both in situations to where they had more than enough opportunity to kind of put their stamp on why they're in the league and what role they're going to have in the league. And it was a reason that the Lakers were able to get them on the cheap. It was a reason. So, we'll, maybe it'll be interesting to see how they did. Now, I don't fault the Lakers for getting them because I think getting two young guys like that at the price they got them is really good. 
because all they need is for one of them to hit. Oh, yeah. So both hit, cool. If one hits, that's fine. I think another sleeper as far as, like, who did a great job, not to say that they're going to make any waves right now, but I think Washington getting um, Spencer, I think that was a great move. I think he's going to be a good fit there with Beal. And not necessarily like this year coming up where they're going to be like vastly improved, but I think going forward, if they're going to keep them together, I think it was a great move. So I think it's a good move just to get Bill some help, you know, and he compliments uh, Bradley Bill pretty well. And I think the Wizards came out of that trade pretty well. Um, they got some starting level players and they got some Absolutely. guys. So I thought I thought what they got for Russ was, was, was really good. I think they did well. Yeah. Um, um, I like Patty Mills going to Brooklyn. I, I, I love that move because Patty's a professional shooter. Mm-hmm. Patty shoots the fuck out of the ball. Yeah. And if you're going to play in Brooklyn, just like we talked about in LA, it's not, a, you need catch and shoot guys. You're playing with Harden, Kyrie, and Durant. You guys are going to get a lot of wide open three point shots, mm-hmm. a lot of them. So I thought that was a good move for them because he's someone was. That, that knows his role. He doesn't need the ball in his hands. You cannot run a play for him and he'll still get you, you know, 14 points. You know, I think, so I thought that was a great under the radar move for, uh, for Brooklyn. I still don't know about them playing defense. You know, that stuff shows up in the playoffs, but I, I like that move. And I like what Milwaukee did. Like Milwaukee didn't kind of rest on their laurels. Milwaukee, brought in some guys yeah they do yeah you know that 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 can help them so i like i like what milwaukee did too so i think it's gonna be i'm excited for the season in general dude i'm excited to see what everybody does not just the bulls that's cool too no i ain't ain't said all that now (laughs) the league is going to change a lot too because i still feel like before the season starts they will be another trade of a superstar Either Ben, I think Ben Simmons. Oh, he's for sure gone. gone. Yeah, Ben's gonna be gone, and he'll be in uh, Sacramento. Also, you know what? I like being in Sacramento, but who would you give up? Uh, if if it if there's haven't given him up yet, I'd say you probably are gonna give up Bagley, and you're gonna give up. Uh, you got to give up. You got to give up those guards. Oh, Buddy's uh, gone. Buddy's Buddy gone, might be gone too, but it's going to take more to get Ben Simmons. It's not going to be Bagley and Buddy Hill. No, it shouldn't. I agree. It shouldn't, but it's going to be more to get Ben Simmons. If because I'm they're going to get to the, they're going to get to the point where he's already he already put his foot in his mouth as far as ownership of saying dude is basically gone. Um, now when it comes creeping and you're two weeks before the season starts or three weeks or whatever it is, and he's still on your team. You don't have leverage anymore. Like you can't so afford to bring leverage. him back. You can't bring so him back. Can. No, I, you can't. I don't think you can. But let's say, for instance, they do. Let's say they. It's going to be awkward. The they want. It'll be awkward, but they'll keep them until the All Star break, and then they're like, "Okay, let me see." I, I mean, of course, if they at the All Star break. Of course, I mean, if they're forced to do that, but I think they're going to relinquish on what they're actually expecting for him, and they'll take think- Bagley, Buddy, three first round future picks. And call it a date, man. That's garbage. If I'm asking for anybody now, I think Buddy Hill would help Philly because he'll, it'll help with shooting. Oh yeah. I'm asking. I'm asking for one of those guards. I said you. You know you're not getting him. You're not getting yeah. Tyrese. You're not yeah, getting Tyrese. Fox, you're not. Or you're not getting either of them. 
Okay, well, then you don't get Ben Simmons. No, they'll, <laughs> like, they'll, they'll be fine with that. Yeah. They'll be well, fine with that. Sacramento shouldn't be fine with that. They no, they should be fine. Off. You're not giving up those guys. What What have those guys done for Sacramento basketball? What has Ben Simmons done? Well, they're in the playoffs. Ben Simmons is still a top, what, a top two defender in the league. He was God, second in the defensive God. player of the year. Oh like, he's great defensively. You can he's talk good. all you want about He's him. good. No. No, he's great. he's part of a system that made him look great defensively. No, he's yes. great defensively. Now, well, let's just say he's great. That's fine. I'll give you that. He's great. Okay, he's great defensively. He's a liability on offense. I agree, but we talked earlier about Iverson and the resting. I think Ben Simmons is very similar. Uh, you need to surround Ben Simmons with shooters. Simmons doesn't work with Embiid because they occupy the same type of space. Ben Simmons needs to be able to drive it and have shooters around him. That's when he plays better. But this is not about the system. This is about a dude that's scared to touch the ball in the fourth quarter. I agree with that. But he still has value, and his value is worth more than Marvin Bagley and fucking Buddy Heald. No. We're we're, we're just going to move on, bro. We're going to move on. We're going to move on to something I know we can agree upon. I know we can agree upon, which is the Wu-Tang, that the Wu-Tang is one of the most influential, dopest groups ever created in the history of hip-hop. I agree with that. I wholeheartedly I would have shut this whole Zoom (laughs) down. Now, here's where I don't think we're going to agree, though. I think we're going to part ways on who had the best solo album. Okay. The Wu Tang Clan members that they as they branched off and kind of did their own solo thing. But as far but as a group, yes, they're one of the most influential groups. Not even hip hop groups, just just in general. Yeah. yeah, and of, music of all time, of, of, of all, all time. time. And you could feel, you could see their influence to this day. Were like branched out, and it's crazy because it is a family, right? Like it's literally, and they did things that at that time were unthinkable, both business-wise, music-wise in a lot of ways. Um, And it it was crazy. Like, I think Until the Wu-Tang came out in 1993, uh, 36 Chambers. And, like, I mean, I'm not sure. Obviously, I speak from a Midwest standpoint. You speak from a West Coast standpoint. Um, So it's always interesting to see how somebody – or an artist is uh, interpreted and received in different areas because we all grew up around different types of cultures and rea- uh, whatever realities. Like I know only because of who I hung out with. Like we used to go to a, a little Chinese theater uh, in Chicago and go watch the Bruce Lee flicks, and uh, we'd watch them at home. So like here comes this group that's basically uh, their whole way is basically a religion of martial arts. Like yeah. it's all based upon the whole, literally the movie 36 Chambers and anybody that's ever yeah. a fan of Kung Fu, I know you are too. Um, I've seen all the old Five Deadly Venoms, 36 Chambers, the Shaolin stuff, any Bruce Lee stuff, like that was prevalent in our childhoods. Um, so here comes these eight guys, right? And I'm just gonna, obviously it's the old uh, introduction on, uh, 
I think it was our method, right? Method had the main method, introduction, yeah. yeah. Yep. So the RZA, the Jizza, the Old Dirty Bastard, Raekwon, the Chef, yeah. Ghostface Killer, Inspector Deck, you yeah. got Master Killer, Killer. and of course, M-E-T-H-O-D, man. Yep. Um, and it was crazy, man. Like, what was it for you? Like, what was the, not only for you, but it, for your community, in your community, your hip hop community, what was the reaction of Wu-Tang? The reaction out west in LA for us was just as different. Like it had a different sound because you got to understand around that time when they came out, it was what, into 92, 93, somewhere 93. around there. Mm -hmm. It was a lot of shiny suits, a lot of things. It was going really Puffy. pop. Uh -huh. Yes. And, and there was nothing the matter with that because we listened to the Puff and Mace. Like we listened to those guys too, big. We listen to that stuff, but for us, it was like, this is grimy. This is like some throwback. What it reminded me of specifically was J. Rue, the damager, come clean. The song, you know, and if you remember that song. A Little Water like, Drops. Yeah, it's it's my favorite. Drops. It's one of my favorite yeah. songs of all time, dude. Yeah. Oh, it was, and it just, when you listen to it, it just feels like that's hip hop. It's dirty and it's grimy hip-hop so when we heard it not her i was like oh shit this is dope and we, we i don't know if you remember the show called the box mm -hmm. so there was a show called the box yeah, okay so people would call in people i got friends who got their ass whooped they would call in and order videos and they would come up on the phone bill so i had my friends who was getting their ass whooped by their mom and dad because they were ordering all of these videos so we would just sit home and watch videos and i remember the um uh is it is what was the first single that they had where everybody rapped on? I can't remember off the top of my head. Who, Wu-Tang? Yeah, what was the first the, the first single? And it was, the video was in black and white. It was real dirty. It was like a- uh, uh, I'll tell you right now, number. man. Oh my God, the fact that I can't. Let's see what we got here. To the Wu-Tang. The mystery of protect your neck. Oh yeah, protect so, your neck. Uh -huh. So it's protect your neck. When I seen that video, I said, "Oh, this is different. Mm -hmm. Oh, I, I love this because I, I hate to say I'm a hip hop purist because it makes me sound like it makes me sound like some of those old guys who right. say oh, that ain't hip hop or that ain't hip hop or that ain't hip hop. And I think hip hop has different forms. Mm -hmm. Now, there's some forms of it I like a little better than others. You know what I'm saying? But that doesn't make the ones that I don't like that much not hip hop. Right. So for me, I like heartbeat and shit that make me hit the rewind button. And for you young people, the rewind button was back in the day, we listened to tape. So mm -hmm. when you heard something <laughs> dope, you hit that rewind button, right. you know, to be like, oh shit, what did he just say? So for me, that's what hip hop has always been. Dope beats and are you lyrically so good to where I every time I listen to you, I'm catching something that I missed the first time because you're really clever with your shit. And that's what I got from the Wu-Tang. I was like, okay, I love this shit. And then Method Man was like the star of it. You, Method Man just had this charisma to where he kind of stood out on the group project. But we loved everything about it, man, um, out in L.A. We loved it, you know. Um, I know, and at that time, it was a lot of East Coast, West Coast beef was big, and a lot of 
a lot of people was like, oh, you can't like shit from the East. But I was like, nigga, if it's the shit dope, I'm listening to it. Right. Fuck what you talking about. So we loved it, man. I loved it. Method Man was my favorite at first. When I first heard the group, Meth was my favorite. Just because he just had so much charisma and style and flow. But over time, over time, Ghostface ended up being my favorite Wu-Tang Clan member. Just because I, I just, lo- I loved how different he was. Mm-hmm. I loved that I didn't understand some of the shit he was saying. Right. <laughs> but it was still dope. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's still dope. But yeah, they, I mean, they're easily one of my top three rap groups, favorite rap groups of all time. Easily. Uh, I, it was crazy, man, because when they came out, so like in Chicago, the way everything is situated in Chicago is, as far as hip hop is like the North Side was kind of the backpack movement. Not to say there wasn't grimy stuff, but like in the generalization of things, the West Side, and the West Side was that grimy, gutter stuff like Do or Die, Twister. That's where they all came from. Uh, and then I think South Side was mm, it dependent. South Side was kind of like in between because you had Common come out of there. Um, there's a couple other cats that came out of there too that were, but West Side was the, the North and the South were basically more lyrical, whereas the West Side was more gutter. Still lyrical, but it was more gutter. So I uh-huh. think Wu Tang represented all of that, like all that into one big. So as soon as they hit, everybody's like, "Dude, these these cats, man, you got to check this, man. You got." Yeah. And then like the, like you said, the Protect Your Neck came on, and it was. Grimy is gritty, and you couldn't even really see their face half the time. They had the hoodies on with the black masks. And uh, method, I think what everybody got drew the method was it was the it was the breath control because he would always do the like it would be that, and he'd always go in and out of stuff. And I think that was dope. There wasn't too many cats really doing that, um, and he just had that crazy look too. He had yeah. that crazy eyeball and uh, just the way he kind of just came with it. And on the B side of that single, that Protect Your Next single, was uh, Method Man. Yeah, M E T H O D Man. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So they, so I think they knew, uh, like. Oh, hey, they knew who their the face of him was. The breakout star here. So let's make sure we get him on the B side of the single. Yeah. And I, I so they, which was smart. They let's push him into the forefront yeah. first. It was catchy, and it was catchy too. It was a song that was very like, even though it. It didn't have a uh, a hook, but that was the hook. Yeah, the hook was that was the hook. His, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. and it was simple, and it was it was yep. it was literally a nursery rhyme. It was a ghetto nursery rhyme. You know what I'm saying? Like M E T H O D, man. So it's like, yeah. dude, that it was super dope. Um, I think one of the smartest things they did business wise, and this is why they're so influential, is usually when you have a group that breaks out, that label owns all the rights all those guys mm-hmm. individual deals but i think uh the rizza and the jizza to a certain degree get jerked early in their career with their record deals they knew the game a little bit more so mm-hmm. when they went in there they said okay we're gonna sign a group deal with you guys over here at dev jam but you don't get the rights to all of the artists so right. they're right. able they should be able to go out and shop at any label they want to for their individual solo deals which I thought was genius, that was, you know, on their behalf. So now you got guys that say, okay, I'm gonna go over here, I'm gonna go over here, I'm gonna go over here. And I think that's what made those albums 
as dope as they were. Absolutely. They were, they were free to go to other labels and do their own thing. Because when you're a group, you, you kind of got to compromise. Mm -hmm. you're, especially when it's eight, nine dudes, you're right. compromising. So now they're able to go to another label and they're able to say, okay, this is all me. This is so I love that business wise for them. And it made for, for great music, man. It made for great music. Oh, I mean, they, they're influential. Oh, for, they changed the whole business side of everything. Yeah. They flipped the industry upside down, basically, yeah. with that, because no one had ever heard of doing something like that or trying mm -hmm. to do something like that. And I tell you, like, it was always possible. But if you don't push that envelope and, hey, yeah. we're not doing this unless this is part of the deal. Like, yeah, we don't care. Exactly. We we in the gutter already. You can't take us exactly. no lower. We good. We hustle on the streets. It don't matter. Yeah, you good. see the old documentaries. Like, cats yeah. were still on the streets hustling. So, yeah. what was crazy, too, was that that same year, um, and I think uh, RZA being the head of the table, basically, and he was already pretty savvy in all the businesses. And but beat-wise, too, like, he already had his feet into going to do the Grave, the Grave Diggers album came out the same year, Six Feet Under, or Six Feet Deep, which it was another group. I remember that album. I remember it was that another album. group. It was, uh, yeah. it was him, Prince Paul, who I absolutely, if you've never checked out a Prince Paul album, he has one of the greatest albums I've ever heard off the top of my head. I can't remember, but it's basically a story. The whole album is a robbery. It's insane. About? That whole album, he's got all these guests on it, and every song yeah. is like Lots it's you know what it reminded me. It's it's very much the Slick Rick, um, the Great Adventures, the script, yeah, Slick yeah. The what's okay. the God? I, my mind always children's goes. Story? It's basically children's story for a whole album. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's going, it gets the parts, and then they sing, and then it goes. Yeah. Tell, I think it's one of the most underrated albums I've ever heard in my life. But Prince Paul and. Um, Fruquan were in Stethosonic, so they did an album with RZA, and I want to say Poetic was the other guy. I remember and, that album. Yeah, it was, but it came out the same year. It was like, this yeah. dude's already working on like another group. Like, that's insane. I was always, as much as I loved RZA as a producer, I was okay with never hearing RZA rap. <laughs> <laughs> I like I RZA, okay man. With that. I, like he just would say some of the crazy. I'm like, what? What are you talking about? But he point. was so dope as a producer. It was just like, okay, uh, I'm gonna deal with your nonsense for 16 bars, <laughs> just because like you're such a dope producer. Uh, a dope producer, man. I just, I like I his Bobby Digital. Some of his Bobby Digital stuff. Um, I like so. I, I like the. I just like the fact that he just did. Like, I'm gonna do me, and I don't care what nobody thinks. Like. I'm good. He no, he's obviously. I'm with you on like he's not in the in the rankings of uh, lyricists. He's not there, but like his production is bar none, yeah. and, and you see who he's worked with, like even out like yeah. just outside of hip hop, like heavy metal yeah. and uh, all that oh, stuff. Yeah. It's like he's he's obviously got a ear for beats yeah. for sure. Definitely um, amazing producer. I think the most shocking thing that came out of Wu-Tang Clan when they start releasing solo albums was Raekwon's album, Only Built for Cuban Links. Okay. I thought, because I don't think anyone thought that would be a great album. Because Raekwon didn't really stand out on Enter the 36 Chambers. He didn't. Like, he was just a guy that rapped on the thing. He's like, okay, it's cool. You know, Raekwon 
Ray- Raekwon's cool. And then that album came out. Mm-hmm. And I think everybody was like, what the fuck is this? Like, that shit was amazing. The purple tape, that started. It was just, first off, the tape was fucking purple. Mm-hmm. So that made it dope in itself. But then the music, the, you know, the lyricism, the way him and Ghostface bounced off each other. But like, that is easily, if I had to go to an island, they say, Stan, you get to take five albums with you on this island, you're going to be there forever. Mm-hmm. That album goes with me. Only Built for Cuban Link goes with me. The Purple Tape goes with me. I think, and if for me, it's not close, which mm-hmm. is tough because I love Ghostface's first solo album, Iron Man. Fucking loved it. Amazing. I think it's a classic. Mm-hmm. I loved Liquid Swords. I thought Liquid Sword was a fucking classic by Jizzle. Love those two albums. But I think Only Built for Cuban Link by far is the best solo album to come out of the Wu family. Yeah, I don't think it's close. That so, sh- and it's like, and you gave me homework mm-hmm. over this over these two weeks. Mm-hmm. Listen to those albums, man, and it just reinforced what I thought. Okay. I this shit is a classic, a classic. Like that out because nobody thought Raekwon could do that. Nobody. And what him and Ghost did on that album, man, was fucking phenomenal. So. The order, just for everybody out there, the order that the albums came out was as follows. Takao was the first solo album released in 94. And then... Disappointment. How, I, not to me. It wasn't a... I, I'm a more of a fan of it than most people are. Um, Return to the 36 Chambers, ODB, was the second album. Dope album. Dope album. Yeah. And see, that was my least favorite at first. It grew on me over the last... 10 to 15 years but at first because it was so out there like it just threw yeah, me well, back like eh, all right but then the more i listen i i appreciate the genius as time passed um and then at the end of 95 was only built for cuban links uh liquid swords came out after that and then iron man came out after that Yeah, those last three were classic jumps. So we'll go, we'll use those five albums, right? That's what we're, I mean, that was, yeah. I mean, and it's crazy too, man, because if you think of it in the, and we'll talk about this, but like, if you think about it in the grand scheme of like length of um, career, like Wu-Tang in general um, wasn't out very long, like literally, after 97, which is when Wu-Tang Forever came out, it kind of was all downhill from there. Like, not, and I hate saying it like that. Hold on. What I mean by downhill is like nothing ever, nothing after that really lived up to because the bar was set so high after, especially after like that first uh, video. But we'll, we'll, we'll come back to that. Let's, before I get out of, okay. let's talk about the albums real quick. So, okay. The five albums that came out were Takao, Return of 36 Chambers, Only Built for Cuban Link, Thick with Swords, and Iron Man. So I'll, I'll give my okay. rankings. I'm with you on. Okay. I was really torn between Only Built for Cuban Links, Liquid Swords, and Iron Man because depending on my mood, I, it's hard for me to say which one uh, I want to listen to that day. But I did rank them Pick as. One, uh, hold Pick on, one. dude. I'm getting to it. <laughs> Only Built for Cuban Links was one for me. 
Okay. Liquid Swords was two. Iron Man was three. Uh, Decal was four. And then Return to the 36 Chambers was five. Oh, but we'll differ a little bit. I have only built for Cuban Links one. I have Iron Man two. I have um, Return to the 30. No, uh, I have Liquid Swords three. I'm sorry. Return to the 36 Chambers by ODB four. And I have Takao five. And I don't think Takao was a bad album. I just think after Enter the 36 Chambers and then hearing Method Man on everything after that album, like he killed every fucking feature. He always does. Like, yes. So he's the greatest guest spot ever. He kills guest spots. He kills it. I I think for for the younger generation, what it's what what it's relative to is a few years back, Lil Wayne had a run where he killed every fucking feature he was on, probably like four or five years ago. But Lil Wayne had a run where he was just killing every feature he was on. That was Method Man in the 90s, you know, in those early 90s. He killed every feature. So we all had these very high, well, I just say me. I had very high expectations Absolutely. for, for Takao. And when I got it, there were some songs on Takao that I was like, okay, I like it. It wasn't a bad album. No, like, but it had holes. Still, it had holes. Bring the Pain is still one of my favorite albums of, I mean, favorite songs of all time. And that video is classic. Yeah. Fucking classic video on the bus and shit. Um, so is the marriage. Bring the pain. I loved. Um, all I need uh, was dope, but I liked the remix with Mary on it. But the one that was on to Cal was uh, the one with just Street Life on it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so Methverse Chef was super dope. I love that uh, release of Death. So he had some songs on here, but overall, I was just like, I thought that would be better. So I- if it's five mics for it. I give to Cal three mics. That's that's what I would give. No, to I five. agree. Three out of five. I agree, and it's one of those things. You set the bar so high that no matter what, if you're not, if you don't come with that, and he, it's just he's always the greatest guest spot ever. Yeah. Or with him and Red is always dope. But like anytime, and there's a couple artists like that. The Locks are like that. They they have some of the greatest guest spots ever on other people's stuff, but their albums are always decent. But they don't hold up to. Or they don't live up to the expectations of what they present. Otherwise, some guys just flourish like that for whatever reason. Well, to, I think with method, Locks, it's the production. Quick. Locks, real quick. I agree with you, but we are the streets. Is a dope fucking album. It is first out. That's a dope. It album. is, but the they other, have potential to have every album. They should because every guest spot they're on, they they shine. Every time they get on a guest spot somewhere, they shine, and then their albums are like they're good. But and it's always comes back to the same thing, uh, especially like meth. It's it's production. It's finding the yeah, right he producers really that good, he, he doesn't, doesn't have a good ear for beats. No, he have a really good ear for beats. He doesn't, and he, he gets mad. Like he's got songs. He's got songs where he talks about like getting mad at fans. It's like, dude. I mean, I don't know what to tell you, man. Like, it's just our opinion. Like, we love you, always will, and I'm always gonna listen to whatever you got. But yeah, when. Um, I don't yeah, for me liquid swords. Uh I just thought didn't think and it could have easily been my number one for me, but it was shorter than most of the other albums out there. Like there it, it was a short album compared to everybody else's albums. If he had had more songs on there that held up to that album, I think it could have easily been my number one, but it just it was to me a short album. So 
Yeah, uh, it was, but the production on that album and the lyrics flawless. on that album is, is fucking unmatched. It was, oh, it was, it was so dope, man. Super dope. Yeah, I love, I love Liquid Swords, man. It's there's just stuff on there that's untouchable. Um, yeah, but it's a again, very underrated album. If you look at all people, you just look at all these members. Like back then, like you said, like everyone would have thought at the end of the careers, Meth would be. The number one person. Uh, I think Inspector Deck is really underrated. I'm a big fan of Inspector Deck. He just was never really featured. Uh, Above the Clouds, the premiere song is a uh, premiere beat song. It's one of my favorite songs of all time. Um, I've never really paid it to, too much of attention to You Got or Master Killer in general. Um, but who would have thought that at the end of the day, Raekwon and uh, Ghostface would have the most longevity, uh, the most, I mean, them dudes. Yeah. They've had they, album they, they, after album after album albums. after album. Man. And they put out dope albums. Yeah, they're all quality um, albums. Yes, all quality albums. Um, I thought Inspector Deck was really dope. I love Deck on every Wu-Tang and every guest spot he had on their albums. But I mean, on their albums, but when he came to his own album, you know what I'm saying? It didn't really, it wasn't anything that really grabbed me, but I thought he was always really dope. Um, you God and Master Killer, I, I just thought those guys, um, they was the homies. It's like, you grow up and it's like, hey, I made it. Hey, you want to rap on this? And, those, and they let those guys kind of rap on it. Um, so I, I really wasn't checking for their solo albums. Um, I liked Capadonna a lot when he came home and they put him on some joints, they put him on a song that was on the show. There was a documentary, a hip hop documentary back in the day called I remember. The Show. And Wu-Tang had a song on there and Capadonna had a verse on there that was fucking incredible. The verse was like fucking, his verse alone was like three minutes long and he killed it. So, you know, I was a Capadonna fan. Um, but I mean, Wu-Tang, they just, and they had so many branches and they sprouted out to, to do so many things like they touched so many people man um like you said they were so influential and um i think it really showed when method man and red man did their verses and then when um ghostface and raekwon did their verses uh to st still hear those songs that they've done it's like shit that was like 20 years ago mm -hmm. and that shit still hits it sounds like it came out yesterday and that's what i call timeless music where there's a lot of music that comes out it's not timeless it's kind of like microwave food like mm -hmm. you put it in the microwave you eat it two minutes you know you get it in two minutes and then an hour later you're hungry again you know that's a lot of this music that comes out but that wu-tang shit that shit is like soul food that shit is gonna stick to your ribs and you go you know what i'm saying it's gonna stick around for a while and that's the type of music that those guys made man because you can listen to stuff from 20 years ago and it's like, this shit sounds like it came out yesterday. And oh, it's not a lot of music like that. No, it, a lot of music it definitely like holds up and it's just crazy to remember like the, just the, watching the ripple effect through the industry, like that fandom, like it wasn't just, um, for whatever reason, it wasn't just like grimy dudes, like white people were loving them. I mean, there was like yeah. Metallica love. Like it was like yeah. other groups like in other genres that were like in all of them and their talent and wanted to work with them and that was crazy to see too to see like their influence throughout everything yeah. man not just um 
Not just as a culture. Like, yeah, as a culture. As business. Like they had Wu Wear. Like they they that were That was crazy. Had, yeah. Yeah, they they had so much shit going on, man. And it and it was from nine dudes who come from the fucking slums in New York. And sure. they and to be able to come from that and do what they've done is amazing, man. It's and amazing. then the and then the second album, a double album, right, which was unheard of, album. which is yeah. unheard of at the time. And that first video was like the first, like, it was like a million dollar video. Million dollar video Triumph. Man. Triumph. Yeah. And it was like a superhero, like, oh, yeah. man. And I loved seeing, like, oh, man, for me, just because he fit that, it was the whole persona of uh, Johnny Blaze. And to see him as, like, Ghost Rider, I was like, that's mm -hmm. what I'm talking about. Being a comic book fan, I was just like, yeah. that's it right there, dude. Ghostface, yeah. like I mean, uh, uh, yeah, that was crazy, man. Yeah, yeah, that double album was uh, was was really dope. A lot of people didn't like it, and said oh, it, was it was dope. Long. And for me, it's it's uh, an album is never too long if it's dope. Yeah, for like, sure. Like I don't care, you can give me thirty fucking songs. If they're dope, then it wasn't a long album. Now you can give me twelve songs, and if they're whack, I'm like that album is too long. Right, you know, so. It all depends on the quality of the music. But, I mean, it was a double album. I think it was them. I think Pac had done a double album. Big yeah. had done a double album. And, like, those were the guys that were doing double albums at that time. And I think 40 had done a, a double album, too. Um, I don't remember that, but okay. That's okay. It's, it's, it's some West Coast shit. But he oh, had done a double, al a double album. So I think it was called Element of Surprise. Shout out to 40. Uh, legend. Um, but... It wasn't a lot of people that were doing that because it was better to come out like I'm just gonna put out ten songs. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Because the margin of error is a lot, you know, is a lot bigger. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Where you make a lot of songs, it's like shit. What am I gonna do here? I, I can't give them thirty songs. What if people don't like them? But they didn't care, man. And they and they put out a quality album. That that double album was quality, man. It was dope. And I, I loved it. And I think, but after that, I think like a lot of it was, uh, not to say there wasn't quality after that, but I feel like that was their, um, that's where they peaked. And then I don't think there was yeah. that, after that, uh, they came out with stuff and they still, it wasn't like they were irrelevant or anything like that, but that's where I think all the, there started to be some of the uh, animosity. There was some stuff going on internally. There was a lot of drug use going on, which they all admitted to. They were doing whatever they were doing and people had their own interests. Uh, I mean, the old joke back in the day, you know, is if you buy tickets to a Wu-Tang concert, I mean, if you can get three or four members to show up, that'll yeah. be great. You'll be lucky. But yeah, well, it's hard, man. Like, you guys got to get nine people to show up. It's hard to get one person, uh, one entertainer well, to show up for the concert on time. <laughs> I mean, but it wasn't even to show up on time. Like, it was to show up, yeah. period. Period. Yeah. Period. I get it. But, I mean. The only time they started showing back up again is after old Dirty passed away they kind of like away. they started showing up to all their shows after that but that was way down the line so and then when your money starts getting a little low yeah you know what I'm of saying? course you, you're like hey i gotta show up for the show they were living but, good so. yeah living good and i think it comes with it you know it yeah. comes with the territory not making excuses for them i mean if no no for saying, sure to see you in concert you know you should probably show up you know but it's you know you get young guys you're giving young guys millions of dollars and you know access to whatever they want you know it it makes sense. <laughs> but, but look at it like years later, like they, they decide, and there was albums in between, and they had branch offs of Killer Army, Sons of Man, The Swarm, Lot of yeah. Dark Man, who I'm a fan of, uh, Shaheen, uh, you know, a bunch of people branched off of them. Yeah. 
I like the kid. Um, but even when they decided to do that whole debacle with the one album, they were only going to do one album and it got sold to the pharmaceutical yeah, dude for a million dollars. Yeah, yeah. But even that, just looking at that, like, look at, and that was like, I don't know what the year was, year of the past, but I mean, they really hadn't came out with anything in years. And people were like, rich people were like, swarming to get that album you know like yeah i think they were putting out stuff but like you said they weren't at their peak no they were so it wasn't like and i think the the music industry started to change a little bit to where things were starting to get oversaturated it was so many artists now so many albums and you would get lost in the sauce like it was sometimes where I was like, oh shit, they had an album that came out? Mm-hmm. Like, cause it's so much shit. And I think they kind of got caught into that. I think they were, they kind of start, not started, but they were a part of making hip hop so popular. And mm-hmm. then once it got so popular, now a lot more people can come into it. Mm-hmm. But now you kind of get lost in it because it's so much. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like going shopping at Ross sometimes. You go to Ross and it's just too much shit in there. <laughs> like you're like, I don't feel like looking through all yeah. this. It's too much going on. I, and that's kind of how hip hop became. So you had to really be a fan's fan to find their shit. And a lot of people just didn't do that. You know, and that's on us as hip hop fans. Mm. We don't grow with our artists the way that we should. We don't. I don't if just you, go ahead. If you look in rock music and in other genres, they grow with them. So as the fan gets older, he gets into his 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, they're still going to concerts by Metallica or Rolling Stone or Sade or like they're still going, they still support them. Where with hip hop, it's like you're here today, you're gone tomorrow. What's the next big thing? And we don't do enough, I think, as fans to continue to support our hip-hop artists. But on the flip side of that, our hip-hop artists have to continue to put out good music also for us to support. So I, I think it's twofold. I, I think some of that's, I mean, I agree with some of that. I think there are exceptions to I think I think every time Wu-Tang does a concert, people flock to go see them. So I don't think that was the issue with them. I think I think it was part of it. But I also think that a big part of it was because when you have, because how many groups really have eight members or even more than three? So um, I think with them, it was more of um, other interests. Like, because they've talked about extensively how they couldn't even get in the same studio at the same time all the time because Meth was over here doing this and he was doing stuff with Red or doing his own acting mm-hmm. stuff or whatever and then here's rizza who's really got like 12 things on his plate because he does a lot of production for other people too and a lot of other stuff his projects and then you know raekwon and ghost they they probably the most steady as far as just sticking to music like yo this oh, is yeah, what we're definitely. good at this is what we do and they've been the most consistent over the years of coming out with quality because that's what they do they don't really they don't really jump on to any other things because this is what they love so like out of all those members, those are to the two artists that probably were the most um, real artists, if you will, of like, this is what we want to do. We don't want to do anything else. Um, and there's nothing wrong with having other interests either, but they were solely oh, yeah. about their music and that's it, where other yeah. people had other interests. And I think that was more of like why 
you didn't hear as much stuff or the stuff that you did hear, like it was decent, but it wasn't like eye popping, like anything else that had came before. And again, like you set the bar so high that you're bound to come crashing down at some point, or at least oh, yeah. come below the, that line. So it is what it is, yeah. but that run yeah. was amazing. I mean, that. Oh, they was, definitely had a great run. It was amazing. They um, still put out music to this day. And, you know, me just being a fan, I'm going to listen to it. You know what I'm saying? That I'm, W I'm, is iconic. Yeah. The W is yes. iconic. Yes. Yes. I'm going to continue to listen to those guys, man. And even if they don't come out with anything new, if they ever go on tour, I'm oh, going I'm to there. watch it. Like yeah. I'm going to watch it. And and I think more of us as hip hop fans, even though we're older, we're you know, in our thirties, forties, fifties, sixties, whatever it is, grow with the artists that you grew up on. So when they continue to tour and do that, let's go out and support. I try Absolutely. to everybody. Absolutely. Like, and when when Rakim is here and Slick Rick, all of those guys now. I'm going to watch those guys because they were they were in hip hop at a time to where it wasn't a lot of money in it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So they don't like we get all of these artists now who making are making millions. They're making so much money, but the Godfathers of this, the guys who kind of paved the way, they didn't really get a lot out of this. So I try to go try to go out and support them as much as I can. Oh, you're, I'm I'm there. You know, I'm buying merch. I'm doing what ever i can to support you know because i i think that's big and not only that but like in reality this might be the last time you see them you every performance that's there is like they might retire something might happen you know god forbid but it might even just be like hey man i'm just not doing this anymore that's why every time i think i think i've seen rock like 20 times man like every time that dude's in town or he's here actually next week uh it was like, last man. week. Wasn't he here like the 12th or something? Uh, or the 12th next week? 12th is next week. Next so week, yeah, next he'll be, he'll be Wednesday or Thursday. So he's here at uh, Harlow's. But uh, yeah, like, I, I, I'm not sure if I'm probably not going to that one, but like, I've just seen him so many times. It's like, yeah. I'm going I'm to take advantage, man, because yeah, just, just never, never know, know, man. Never know. Uh, DJ Clark Kent just had an interview um, a couple of days ago, and he was talking about Cool Herc. And um, he was talking about how Cool Herc, uh, who's obviously the, the grandfather of hip hop, some say the inventor of hip hop, um, how we need to do more for the forefathers of hip hop. And he was like, what is everyone? He's like, because we didn't have hip hop, like hip hop is a culture now. Mm-hmm. And it's touched so many people. So he said, everybody that's been touched by hip hop in some way, fan, artist, whatever. If they just, if we just had a cool hurt foundation where everybody just donated a dollar, how much would that help? Cool hurt, you know. Right. I'm assuming cool hurt is just not doing well, mm-hmm. you know. But he invented something that we all love. Right. He invented, and the fact that somebody can invent something and they don't get any monetary benefit of it from it, and I don't think he invented it because he wanted a monetary benefit from it. Right. I think he just. Like he just loves just, it, yeah. But for sure, you should still get paid like off of that. You seeing everybody else eat off of this, and I thought that was really cool. What DJ Clark Kent said, he's like, we need to start taking care of our forefathers. You know, in hip hop, man, look what they gave us. Right. Look what they gave us. How many people? How many lives has hip hop saved? And it's because of them. Like most, like a lot, because you hear a lot of rappers. Hey, I'm not a rapper. 
I'm a trapper, I'm a hustler, and this, this got me out the hood. If I wasn't rapping, I'd be in jail. Like, save so many lives, man. Not just like, that, but we, look at its influence in Germany, Japan, yes, China. Like, world, it's not just here, it's over yeah, it's here. the whole world. Like, a lot of these guys, they go on tour overseas to make their money because yes. they sell out stadiums over there. Because they respect hip-hop yeah. more than us as Americans. I mean, it's just the truth. It is. Overseas, they respect hip hop so much more. They respect. They respect the foundation. Yes, they the love foundation. it. They mm -hmm. love it. They're going to see guys. Oh, you. I'm going to see you. Oh, I'm like they love it. But they also sell out David Hasselhoff, so I'm I'm fifty fifty on them. So. Yeah, that that's true. That's true. So you know, but I mean, you just gotta. I love people who support hip hop at its core. You know sure. what I'm saying? I love I'm with people, you, man. You know, because some people, some people just don't like. Some people jump in hip hop because it's hot, and they'll take advantage of it. And then once it cools, okay, let me get out. You know, a, a couple of artists have done that. Like I, I want to say, like Miley Cyrus did that for a minute. She jumped on the hip hop bandwagon for a second. Then shit got a little hot. Okay, I fuck hip hop. Machine Gun Kelly has done that. You know, I'm gonna jump in and right. hip hop now. Oh, I'm gonna jump out now. It's all about rap. I mean, it is. I get it. I mean, it ain't going nowhere. As much as people wanted it to go somewhere, it's not going anywhere. Yeah, so exactly, you know. But don't use us. Like, don't use this culture for you to get some clout, and then when it's not working for you no more, oh, let me get out and go do this. Right. It's like, come on, don't do that. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of people that do that. So people who love our culture and love the hip hop culture, genuinely, I love. I right. love that when there's genuine for sure. love for it. And it's crazy because there's some, I, I, I wish I could remember off the top of my head, but like there'd be some people like actors and just people you would never think. And they can recite word bars for bars, words for words, like yes. songs and it cracks me up. Dude, what's his name? Daniel, Ra uh, dude that played Harry Potter. He was on oh, Fallon. Yeah, so he was on uh, Jimmy Fallon and recited the whole, I mean, maybe it was, just the fact that he recited the whole alphabet song by, um, God, it just went blank in my head, man. I'm gonna be hate myself. I'm gonna hate myself. He just passed away too. Uh, uh no. Um, from Sacramento. The rapper from, from Sacramento. From Black Alicious. The group Black Alicious. He's actually from Sacramento. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know he was from Sac. Oh my I God, I can't. I can't believe I can't remember the artist's name right now just because we're uh, we're recording. But that dude, you've never heard this the Alphabet song? I, I have no. I probably uh, heard it. Didn't know it was called the Alphabet uh, song. <laughs> see, literally, the whole thing is he goes through. He does the alphabet, and you know, uh -huh. obviously starts with A, and every word after that starts with A. Then he gets to B, okay. C, and so forth. I'm 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 horrible. At, I'm not going to even try to spit bars because yeah. I I'll okay. f up the whole damn song, but it's a it's, it's yeah. one of the most phenomenal songs ever created. It's so talented and like dudes on there reciting the whole thing like A. He's got these cards A B C, yeah. and I'm like, is that Harry Potter reciting the yeah. alphabet song? I like, get the hell out of here, man. It's, so it's like it's a lot of that's a lot of celebrities like that that you don't think hip hop has touched them. People in general, yeah, yeah, like, like Seth Rogen is a oh, huge hip hop absolutely. Fan. Like I, I was watching Knocked Up again for like the 300th time. 
and just looking at the shirts he was wearing, like he had on a Liquid Swords T-shirt, yeah, you know, in there, like, and the, they were playing. Wu I love it, music. man. Like it was, it's so dope. I love and it. And then one of my favorite videos of all time is Adele doing car karaoke and rapping all of Nicki Minaj's oh, Monster yeah. verse off Kanye's album. Mm -hmm. that, that Nicki Minaj verse on that on Monster is so dope. Right. And Adele knew she was rapping that shit word for word. She had all of the hand movements to just like she was rapping that shit like she wrote it. And I thought that was so dope. You have one of the biggest pop stars in the world from I think she's from England. And for her to know that verse word for word just lets you know hip hop touches everyone. And I thought that was super dope to me. Oh, for sure. So I had to look it up because I would have hated myself for not giving him love. Gift of Gab. He's from Gift Sacramento. Um, okay. The song is called Alphabet Aerobics. Go listen to that. It is a phenomenal song. It is so okay, creative. Uh, I, I don't even, I still to this day, every time I hear it, I'm like, I don't even know how you did this, dude. I okay. know you weren't sober. I don't care what you say, but <laughs> it's a phenomenal. Just hear Daniel Ratliff, he wrapped it on uh, Fallon. It was crazy. Like, And even if you, I don't even care if he memorized it, just the fact he did it, like that's still... I know actors memorize lines, so they should be, they memorize scripts, right? So they should be able to memorize the yeah, song. But that. still, it's still for now. I don't care. And Gift I mean, of Gab was so, Backlish is one of the most underrated groups out there ever, too. Yeah. But it's one of those I mean, backpack things. So yeah. um, hip hop culture, man, just it, uh, it, see, I, I want to say this the right way hip hop culture is taken by everyone like it's everywhere, oh, yeah, it's like, everywhere. you watch you watch commercials you watch everything the way people talk what people yes, do man. their swag everything they love man. it they they, they love yeah. the, the the culture of it so i feel like the forefathers of it should you know you should reap the benefits of it yes you should reap the benefits, the benefits man. It, man absolutely so you know uh i love it man like i spend the majority of my time music wise and I'm, I'm not one of those like i said older guys i mentioned earlier that doesn't like any of the young music i i feel like i can appreciate music that i don't like like mm -hmm. there's some hip-hop that comes out and i'm like not for me but i can see why other people like it exactly. like nobody's make yeah it's not for me like i get it there's some music i listen to and i'm like they're not making that for a 44 year old guy right. <laughs> like they're they're making that for the younger generation, 16, period. Yeah. And, and I understand that. So I don't hate on it and call it terrible. I'm just like, they're not making that for me. So I get it. Absolutely. But I, I spend a lot of my time listening to so much old music, man. Like basically turning into my damn parents to where all they would listen to was the OJs and the Temptations and Anita Baker. And I'm like, why don't y'all listen to nothing new? And it's like, nah, these are the classics. And I'm like, yeah, but... And now I'm that person because I'm like, I'm going to go and throw on the Wu-Tang album. I'm going to throw on Tribe Called Quest. I'm going to throw on some old UGK. I'm going to throw on some, like, I'm going to throw on some old Ice Cube. Like, I was listening Absolutely. to Death Certificate the other day, and I'm just like, this shit is crazy how long ago this came out, and it's still not like it. Oh, for sure. I just love, I just love hip-hop. I'm with you, my man. I'm with you. So, it ain't going nowhere. I'm gonna be 90 years old. I'm gonna be yeah. pop locking dropping it. I don't care. Yeah, it right. might hurt. It 
It might hurt, but I'm gonna do it. All right, my man. Great episode. Can't win it. Wait to win some money. Win a bottle from you. You are definitely losing all of those bets. Buddy. Chicago Bulls forever. <laughs> You're definitely losing. Um, before we finish, last thing before we let everyone go, you have anything you think people should listen to? Any any new music that you've listened to? Uh, where you're like, hey, you should probably I mean, listen to this. I like the new Nas. Obviously, Nas is an easy pick for me. Um, yeah. I'm a fan. Uh, I listened to the album and I liked it. I mean, it was it was cool. Oh. I liked King Disease One a lot better. I'm the opposite. I don't, I'm not a big fan yeah. of the first one. Yeah. Uh, Lauren Hill bodied that. That Lauren Hill bodied the uh, song. I like Lauren's verse. Uh, I, I definitely like Lauren's verse. Still go back with that whole trying to get on fans. Like, oh, I don't care what you say, girl. You should show up on time for your show. Yeah, you so, still should show up on time. Yeah, trying to hear about you saving somebody. You weren't yeah. saving no cat from a tree while we were waiting yeah. for you to show up. So it, it was a dope verse, but yeah, um, show your ass up. <laughs> uh, there's a couple of things I've been listening to, but like nothing like that's like extraordinary. Just I'm always whatever new comes out, I'm always running through my Apple music yeah. and just listening to it. So um, I think on the last episode, um, I mentioned to you that the EP from Bun B and Elliot. I did listen to that. I did listen I like to that. It was really good. It was yeah, really, really good. That. Yes. And then um, uh, Benny the Butcher just came out. Yes. I'm not done listening to it yet, so I can't really yeah. comment on it yet. Pyrex, Picasso. I listened to it for the first time today, and I liked it. It was really short. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, it's like seven songs, I think. Yeah, but seven songs, and they're all like fucking two and a half minutes. Yeah. Like, I think Kanye fucked everything up when he started, when he came out. Oh, and the album should be like two minutes long, you know, because people don't want to listen for that long. It's like, no, no, yes, the fuck we do. Like, give me a fucking song that's like three and a half, four minutes. So, I stopped listening I, as soon as I see his face, so I don't really... Yeah. I feel, but this is something he said years ago um, about that. So, I, so, like, those are two albums, you know, two newer albums that I'm listening to. Um, and then uh, R&B-wise, there's a new R&B artist named Her, um, H-E-R. It's um, nothing new, dude. That she's she that, that her new album is super dope. So because she's not new, you know that, right? No, she's not new. Oh, I mean, she's, she's you said her new album. Artist. You said you said new artist, and I was like, yeah, well, uh, she ain't well, new. I mean, okay. My fault. Newer album. So she has a new <laughs> yeah. album. Yeah. Oh, she's phenomenal, album. dude. She's yeah, phenomenal. She's this generation's uh, Alicia Keys, as far as I'm concerned. Like she's kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah, she's super dope. So I, I'm dope. still I'm still bumping her album that came oh, out. Oh, I'm always listening to her stuff. So. Yeah, so that's about it. You know, that's and then, sure. I, then obviously, oh shit. But always. Hey, thanks, bro. All right, All right brother. Uh, hey, love the shirt, Wu Tang. Wu Tang forever. I like it. And everybody, if you can see my shirt, all of these albums, you need to go listen to all of these. This is all West Coast. Do Coaches. it. Do it. Yes. L- listen to them all. all Shout of them. out to the DOC, one of the most underrated. He's, of all time. That's actually my favorite album of all time, period. No one can do it better. Yeah, yeah. You know what? All the dumb shit you said about the Bulls and the Kings has been erased. Because of no, what you I'm just still going to say that. I'm going to call you at like <laughs> 1 in the morning and repeat it. Call you at 1 a.m. Like, hey, go Bulls! And hang up. So that's the kind of stuff I do. <laughs> all right, bro. All right, brother. Thank you all for joining hey, thank us. Thank you guys for listening. Beat Sports and Life. Peace. Guys, have a good one. Stop recording. Ah.